0: This morning's scripture will be Ephesians 3 20 and 21. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask for, think, or think, according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Think before you answer. How big is your God? Think before you answer. How big ...is your God. Keep in mind that our God is for us. And if our God be for us, who can be against us? Romans eight thirty one. Look at Romans 8 and verse 32... ...and you'll see that God did not spare His own Son... ...but gave Him up for us... And if God did the greater, did not spare His Son... ...will He not also freely give us all things in Him? The Bible tells us about the power of Satan. Power to kill and destroy. But the power of the devil to kill and destroy... ...is not anywhere in the same league... As the power of God to save and restore. Greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. 1 John 4 and verse 4. Greater. I want you to know that God can supply our every need. And not only can God supply your every need, God is able to supply every need, real need of every person who has ever lived, is presently living or will ever live and it won't be a drain on him at all. Have you stopped to think that God in a moment can do more than all of mankind in a thousand millenniums? In one moment, God can do more than all of mankind in a thousand millenniums. Think of it this way. You may think you're asking God for something big, but really, God is so great that you're asking Him for a spoonful and the ocean remains. You may think that you're asking God for something great, you're asking God for a sunbeam and the sun remains. You may think that you're asking God for something great. And yet, God's goodness and generosity is so great. His ability, His desire to bless is so great. He remains infinite. That is absolutely mind blowing. Outside of Christ's prayer for unity in John 17, when he prays that man would be one even as he is in the Father and the Father in him, when you read John 17, 20 through 26, the prayer that Jesus prays is bold. Bold. It is mind-blowing. Well, outside of the prayer of Jesus himself on the night he would be betrayed in John 17, I believe that Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 21 is the most bold and big prayer in the New Testament. And as our brother Keith read for us in the scripture reading, Ephesians 3:20 20 and 21, are the conclusion to that prayer it is a doxology doxology it is a big word that's not used too much anymore but it is an expression that comes from two words in the Greek language doxa meaning glory, honor and praise and this has to do with passionately desiring to praise and honor and glorify God. And then the word logos, doxology, doxa, logos, which means word. And so our love and amazement and desire to glorify God is so great, we simply must express it in our words. A doxology. How big is your God? Our God ought to be a God so big that we simply have to express His praise, His honor... His glory in words of love, of humility. Look, if you will, at Ephesians 3 20 and 21 with me. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, the Word of God is dealing with God's greatness. Two truths are being dealt with in this doxology. God's greatness, verse 20. God's glory, verse 21. So two qualities or attributes of God he's focusing on. God's greatness, verse 20, and then God's glory in verse 21. But let me look at each of these a little more thoroughly before we dive into it more. In verse 20, he is looking at God's ability. Now unto him who is what? Able. So we see God's ability in verse 20. But keep on looking at the verse. The passage deals not merely with God's greatness and his ability but with God's abundance in His ability to bless, to do far beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. More about that momentarily, but let me move on to verse 21. And what's this second attribute that this doxology deals with? Not just God's greatness, but God's what? God's glory. Let me say this to you right now. Man's problem ever since sin entered into this world has been our pride and desire for greatness and our pride and desire for glory. Isn't that the truth? And verses 20 and 21 answers the matter once and for all. God alone is truly great. And God alone is truly glorious. How big is your God? How big is he? The children have it right. My God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Jesus believed that. Paul believed that. You and I struggle to really believe and practice that. How great is our God! How glorious is our God! Now, when we look at this passage, verse 21 glory is to be given God in a place. What is that place? The church. Glory is to be given God in a person. Do you see that? Glory be to God in the church and in Christ Jesus. And then you see permanence to all generations forever and ever. A place, a person, a sense of permanence, and then praise. What's the last word in Ephesians 3.21? Amen. Amen. It's as if, you know, Paul has been talking about some deep doctrinal stuff for three chapters now in Ephesians. And yet, when you're dealing with the deepest of doctrines, sometimes you just got to stop and praise and glorify God. He does it at the beginning of this book, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, and he does it at the middle of this book, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Sometimes we can fill our heads with Bible information, but if that Bible information does not cause us to know God more and love Him more and desire to serve Him better, that does not honor God. Some people are sweethearts. They're decent, good people who would do anything to help you. But maybe they lack a consuming desire to show honor and glory to God. They'll help people. They love their fellow man. But our love for our fellow man is strongly because of the Creator who instilled that within us. And how everything we say and do and think ought to be a reflection of our desire to love and praise and honor Him. Now a little more up close and personal with these two verses. Let's look at God's greatness. How big is your God? Paul prays that God would do some great things, especially in verses 16 through 19, the heart of his prayer for the church. Let me share them with you. His prayer has four desires. Desire number one, he's praying for the church. So every Christian, he's praying especially for the church at Ephesus. But this is a prayer we can pray too for God's people. That you be strengthened. He prays, verse 16, for us to be strengthened by the Spirit in the inner man. I want you to know he's not praying for some kind of miracle. He's praying that every Christian would be strengthened by God's Spirit in the inner man, in the inner man. That you can see strength and a relationship with God in all of our interactions, in all of our motives. Secondly, notice that for which he prays. In this prayer, he prays that we might have Christ dwell in our hearts through faith. Do you see that? Mark the word dwell, and it means to be a welcomed, permanent resident to be a welcomed and permanent resident. He prays this for the church. In your life individually, is Jesus a welcomed, permanent resident? Is He at home and comfortable in your heart? It's something for us to think about. Is Jesus really at home and comfortable in our heart? That's what Paul prays for the church. Third, he prays that we may be able to comprehend the dimensions "...of the love of Christ, which is incomprehensible." He prays that we might comprehend all the dimensions of the love of Christ, which in and of itself is incomprehensible. The breadth and the length and the depth and height. How high is God's love it can take the lowest of sinners and get them to the highest of heaven. How deep is the Father's love for us? So deep that he would send the Son to bear our sins on the cross. Oh, what love. Look again at the passage. That's verses 18 and 19. Look at verse 19. And a fourth area of Paul's prayer. And again, this is not miraculous. He is praying that God would do something big. But it doesn't necessitate some kind of outward physical miracle. He's praying that God's people look more like the Father and the Son and the Spirit and that it be an inside-out job. Amen. He prays forth, look at verse 19, that they may be filled with the fullness of God. Public prayer leaders, we can learn... So much from the prayers of the Lord and of the apostles for the early church. Do our prayers sound like theirs? Something to think about. So let's look a little bit more at verse 20. It deals with God's greatness. In this context, he's praying... Unto Him, now unto Him, the one who has made salvation possible, the one who has brought Jew and Gentile together as one, Ephesians 2, the one who has made the church a reality and that people of every race and tribe and tongue and people and nation can be part of it. Unto Him who is able mark that word able in jeremiah 32:17 god's word says nothing is too hard for the lord how big is your god nothing is too hard for the Lord is anything too hard for the Lord Jeremiah 32 and verse 27 he's already answered it nothing is too hard for the Lord how big is our God I'll tell you how big in first Kings 3 and verse 13 1 Kings three thirteen, Solomon had been asked by God what gift would he have in serving as a king. And remember that what Solomon desired was the gift of wisdom and discernment. And when you look at 1 Kings 3.13, God says, I will also give you what you have not asked. You know what he gave him? Riches and power because he wanted wisdom more. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 17, the friends of Daniel say, God is able to deliver us from the furnace and from the hand of the king. But if not, we're still not going to bow down You see, one can believe strongly in God's greatness, His ability, His infinite power, His infinite goodness, and yet one can still speak humbly. But if not, we will not bow down. He may deliver us or not. Sometimes people get upset with God. Because he doesn't do what we think he ought to do. That God is too small. The longer I live, the more I'm not sure I want a God who only does what I want him to do. Because I've been so miserably wrong so many times. Have you? I do not need to question His goodness or faithfulness. The Father gives good gifts. Matthew 7, 7-11. through 11. I need to trust in His greatness. And notice how He puts this. And to him who is able to do, to do... The idols described in Psalm 115, 1 through 8, for example, couldn't do anything except sit there made out of stone or wood or some precious metal. Our God is able to do, but not just able to do, He is able to do more. He is able to do far more. Abundantly, and guess what, Wayland? You get to Ephesians three twenty, and he heaps superlatives. You've got a passage that is dealing with superlatives upon superlatives. To the highest degree, he is able to do more abundantly, far more abundantly than all we ask. Aren't you glad? That God does more than we ask. And sometimes He's going to do more than we think. One would be amazed at how often that really is. This passage is about His power and willingness. We're not going to drain the ocean. We're not going to darken the sun. How big is our God? According to the power that works within us. Three different words. Just in verse 20. To him who is able to do more than we ask or think. Far more than we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Right back to this prayer in verses 16 through 19, isn't it? God prays that we as His people, as His church, as Christians, have a relationship with the Father. Look at verse 14 and following. With the Spirit, look at verse 16 and 17. And with the Son, it's a Trinitarian thing. It's a Godhead thing. Just like in Ephesians 1, 3 through 3-14, praise is given to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, so praise is given to the Father, Son, and Spirit in Ephesians 3, 14-21 and in prayer. Now look at verse 21. Unto Him... See, both verses are addressed to the Father. Unto Him. And just as the content is given in verse 20, God's ability, the content in the doxology is given in verse 21. Unto Him be glory. Now look at the realm. Listen. God is to be given glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? What God has put together, we better not separate. In the church... In the body of Christ, Ephesians 1, 21 through 23. In those who are reconciled to God, the church, Ephesians 2, 14 through 18. And in Christ Jesus, in the body and in the head. In the saved and in the Savior. In the king and in the citizens of the king, the church, God's people. In the bride and in the groom. Let me say this as kindly as I can. Don't you tell me that you can really be in Christ without being in the church. Because it is in the church and in Christ that God is to be glorified. Don't separate what God's put together. Be glory. How big is your God? Is He big enough to glorify on Sunday morning but not on Sunday evening? Is he big enough to glorify on the Lord's day? Thank the Lord for that. But not big enough to glorify Monday through Saturday on the job or at home. As a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a child. In all our relationships. How big is our God? Unto him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. And listen. Listen. For all generations, historically. For all generations. You know, here at Westside, we have a number of families where there's several generations represented of Christianity. And we should do everything we can to encourage the generations to come to be faithful to God, to love the Lord To love his church and Christ Jesus, to glorify God in his church and in Christ Jesus. Next. Forever and ever, if generations has to do with history, forever and ever has to do with eternity. (laughs) How big is your God? Oh, how great He is and how giving. How abundant are His blessings. How glorious He is. Forever and ever, eternally. And then the word amen. Veracity. It's true. You've got historically, eternally and the veracity of all that Paul has been writing. It's true, and God is faithful. For you senior saints whose health is not what it should be, and maybe you've lost loved ones with death. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God, it is so that He is good and faithful. Young people who have much of your life ahead of you, Hallelujah, Amen! Praise God, God is good. My God is big and can see me through no matter what happens. You who are a little older... And maybe you are experiencing the emptiness syndrome. Troy, Sarah, a little more. More to come. Hallelujah, I am in. Praise God. He is faithful and true. God, you brought us this far. Continue to bless our family. And may they look to you and your greatness and glory. Those of you that still have kids at home, small kids, and sometimes just making it from day to day is tough, and the word exhaustion is a word that you live with. I can't recall a day for the last four or five years Karen hadn't been tired. Will, is that due to you, man? All right. You're exhausted, you're tired a lot. God is still great, isn't He? God is still worthy of our glory and praise and honor and the expression of our love. And sometimes, even though it seems difficult, being strengthened in the inner man, filled with the fullness of God, seeking to comprehend the incomprehensible love of God, And having Christ dwell in our hearts by faith can help us to parent our children to adulthood and maturity. Johann Sebastian Bach is a name familiar to many of you. A classical composer... Many would say one of the very greatest. Every song, every symphony he ever wrote, at the bottom, he put to the praise and glory of God. I think it would be wonderful if every christian here at west side put at the bottom of every thought and every expression every act every word to the praise and glory of god after all we have every reason to What a big prayer this is. I remember once when I was a much younger preacher and I was prone to answer questions really fast. Somebody asked me, should we pray to God for the little things and the big things? But I have to admit, when I answered quickly, that time maybe it was one of my best answers. I said to God, nothing is big. (laughs) Is it really? The biggest things that we worry about to God, He is so big that seeing us through will be no drain at all on His resources. Can I get an hallelujah, amen for that? Hallelujah, amen, to have a God like that. Together now. Now with just a bit more enthusiasm. Hallelujah, amen. I'm not trying to turn us into some kind of ludicrous group that forgets all about faith and knowledge. But you know what? If a person can't get emotional about a God like that, a person can't really get emotional at all. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Maybe there's someone here that needs to come to Christ this day in faith, repentance, and baptism to put him on, to have their sins washed away. He is great and he's glorious. Come to him. Don't wait. And for those of us who are Christians, I ask you this question How big is your God? We answer that question every breath we take. Let us stand and sing.